Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young business leaders, welcome to the YBT Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 88. Today is a very... A uh, special day for me. I get to have uh, a good friend of mine, Johnny Hampton, on the podcast. And uh, this is a podcast that's kind of been a long time coming. Uh, if the name sounds familiar, Johnny actually spoke a couple months back at the YBT luncheon. So if you go back, I'll put the uh, I'll put whatever um, month that was in the show notes so you guys can check that out. But uh, Johnny has been in the creative industry for 22 years, uh, focusing primarily on development and fundraising design. Uh, in 2002, Johnny started Hampton Creative, a marketing agency. And now fast forward 15 years, Hampton Creative is one of the top 10 fastest growing privately held companies in Tulsa and was recently named among Inc. Magazine's top 5,000 fastest growing companies in the United States. Hampton has also won multiple prestigious design awards and has been featured in many trade publications uh, as a driving force in the design and marketing sphere. So that's just his bio, but uh, I want to say something specifically about Johnny because Johnny is one of those guys that I've, uh, I'm kind of peers with, but I also look to him as a mentor in many instances just for how he runs his business, how he uh, treats his customers, uh, and just him as an overall individual in the community. Uh, is He's really a guy that I look, to, look up to, so I'm really excited to uh, share him with the audience and, and really have an opportunity to talk about some of the things that he's passionate about. So, Johnny, welcome to the podcast. Say hello to the audience, and if you don't mind, fill in some of the gaps of, of that intro. I know that there's a lot more to you to, than, than that, but go ahead and say hello to the audience. Well, thank you, Evan, for having me today. I was really honored to speak recently there at your event, and it was it was you know you feel like you're in such a room of great other mentors of mine, people who've been doing this a lot longer than I have. So, you know, the longer you do this, the more you realize what you maybe don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and how much more you can learn from those around you. And it's it's been an honor to be around such great leaders that you have uh, following this podcast. I wanted to have you on because uh, you, you kind of talked a little bit about the journey of Hampton Creative. And I know that you guys are celebrating 15 years right now, which is a is a pretty big milestone. I mean, thinking back to 2002 when you started the company, that's that's always a big jump. You're trying to, you know, figure out, do we do this? Do we, do we, do we stay? Do I you know, jump out into the entrepreneurial world or do I continue to do agency stuff? And so that, that right there was, was a big risk that you took, but over those last years, um, you've, you've learned a lot of things along the way. And so in kind of preparing for this, I came across a blog that you wrote, I think it was about two years ago, and it kind of talked about some of the lessons that you've learned along your journey. And the cool thing about it is as I'm reading that blog and as I'm going through some of the the talking points that you had, I'm actually able to not just hear about it from your perspective, but I'm actually able to see it uh, in your business and how you do things. And so I'd love to talk a little bit about some of the things that, that kind of stood out in that. And I know that um, when we were talking ahead of the show, uh, we were talking about how you know, you're just really passionate about helping people, uh, developing people, and and having integrity in business. And that's one of those things that I think whenever we're 
whenever we're in business, there's so many opportunities out there for us to maybe cut corners or maybe uh, maybe do just enough to get by, but not necessarily provide you know our best possible work every single time. And I feel like some of the things that you guys do on your end, it's the best possible work every single time, and that's intentional, right? Right, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the intention side of things is so critical because we never know who's watching what we're doing. And so with all of my team, it's a discussion we have regularly about uh, just making sure that when you show up every day, you're showing up with your best face on. Uh, and that also means bringing your heart, bringing your passion every single time. And, and seeing things that way uh, helps you see that not, not everything you do uh, is going to be uh, maybe perceived as an A-plus job. However, in your heart, as much as you can do, do it with all of your might and do it with your best, do it your best uh, work every single time. Well, I love how we're talking about doing our best. And really, that's that excellence that you guys uh, really strive for in, in pretty much everything you do. And I know you talk a lot about work that matters as well as where you're truly believing in the, in the products that you have. One of the, one of the things that you talked about in that blog was you're talking about building a business of integrity, but really uh, focusing on Proverbs 22, one, which says a good name is rather to be chosen than, than great riches. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like what that statement means to you? Sure. I've learned over the last, well, really since doing this 22 years for this agency and then a previous one is that you just have to let go of things. You know, I'm not going to do everything right to perfection every time. Quite the opposite is actually true. And really, neither will my clients. I have to assume well-intended people don't always execute those intentions very well. And in the end, I have to remember with every move, my reputation is at stake. Uh, whether a large job, small job, whatever, I see it the same simply because we have a reputation to protect. Because you know, a good name is rather be chosen than great riches. I would rather have people say good things about me than me walk away with a big, a big check off of something. I want to make sure that people are satisfied, that they enjoy the process. Uh, and that's what continues to help me to be able to do work uh, and work that matters. Well, that's tough because when, especially when you're, you're in the creative world, what you think is high quality and what you think is mm -hmm. great, the customer not, may not necessarily believe that. So, you know, what, what do you have to do in those instances when you're working with somebody and you feel like you've pumped everything into it? And next mm -hmm. thing you know, they're coming back saying, you know, we really don't like this. Yeah. You know, I, we have a saying here at our agency that says you can be right and still be wrong. Um, and, and in that situation, you know, I, again, I can know I'm right and I can tell you I'm right and I can repeat it a thousand times. But if the client doesn't agree, then maybe it's not about being right, but it's about walking to the other side of the road and seeing what they see. If I offend them, then so what if I was right? They're gone. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they don't want to work with me anymore. So there's a, there's a common understanding of leadership with me that I have to lead well, but I also have to explain what I do really well to them and why my position is what it is. Yeah. So some of that part is just uh, setting expectations Correct. on the front end, because when the customer has an understanding of what you're going to do, and that, I think that's hard because you're in those situations and you're really excited that, you know, maybe it's a big client or maybe it's a big opportunity and uh, you just want to jump in and just get to working. But you you have to do that due diligence on the front yeah. end to make sure that that customer fully understands what they're getting. But, you know, you said it yourself, you can still be right uh, and still be wrong. Mm -hmm. You may have done a really good job explaining all that, but mm -hmm. then you get to the other side and the customer is just really not feeling it. Uh, that's tough because you're in that situation then of like, all right, we've exhausted our resources and this, we've done all this stuff and now we're we're starting over again. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about a time when when maybe you, you've really had to go above and beyond even what you thought was the best to preserve that name and, and to really make sure that the customer was well taken care of? Sure. There was a, a couple of scenarios I'm thinking of exactly. I mean, you know, for us, it's we admit when we blow it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not always an easy thing to do because sometimes we do blow it. Sometimes we don't, we don't meet expectations uh, even when those have been clearly defined, you know, at the, and that's just a real, that's rubber meets the road. What do you do in business when we don't agree? And, mm-hmm. and I thought I did right. And I did, you know, by, by standards, by the client standards, I did not do right. Um, at the end of the day, you know, when you knew you blew it, you know, when I first started, um, when I first started Hampton, it's almost, it's almost 16 years now, I had a banking client who had done, we had done a print project for, and I got that call. And you know, that call as a business <laughs> owner that, that you get, that uh, you have great project managers, you have people that handle things for you on a daily basis. But at the end of the day, being the business owner, you get that call from the client who says that things didn't turn out as, as they had expected. So I jumped in my car and I drove a half an hour to see him. I didn't, you know, I just sidelined here for a minute. Those kind of conversations need to be had face to face. They can't mm-hmm. be in an email. They can't be through text because there's so much left up for interpretation. Our digital age, I'm going to tell you when you're dealing with clients, sometimes you have to go face to face with them uh, and you can't do it on. I mean, I had someone recently reach out to me on social media and, and called me out on something on social media that I had nothing to do with. Very frustrating as a business owner because that should have been taken care of in a phone call. You know, if you got a difficult situation, pick up the phone or go see them for sure, because there's so many misinterpretations that can happen. So I went to this client, um, sat across from him and, and an associate, uh, and we heard his frustration. We let him talk, let him speak on the things he was frustrated with. And then there was a, you know, there was a pause there. And then we apologized. And I took responsibility for not being right. I said it was on me. We did not do our part in looking at that on press. The, the, the print piece didn't look the way it should. And then there's this long pause again, and he looks down, and this this is the president of a bank, and he's got big tears flowing down his face. And I said, "Oh my gosh, we really take this guy off now." <laughs> you know, it's, gonna, it's like this this long pause. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen next. And at this point, I, I you know I, I wasn't really sure what to say. And he looked up at me with tears in his eyes, and he said, "This is the first time today someone's walked into my office and not BS'd me." He's you know, and that's just one of those things I'll never forget that lesson. You know, you got to admit when you blow it, you know, now 15 years later, he is still a client and he's actually become a very close friend of mine. So those kind of things do turn out. And again, reputation was more important to me than money. I lost, I think I lost two grand off of that job and I didn't get it back. But I'm going to tell you over the last 15 years, it has come back and even more. So what can be seen as a loss actually has become great gain because we did the right thing. Well, that kind of goes a little bit into some of the things we talk about here in this podcast is that that important uh, part of relationship and all of this. And we we talked a couple of podcasts ago about like even when we're advertising and we're doing some things, we're thinking about more impressions and we're talking about contacts and these other stuff. And really what it is is people. It's right. all about people and it's all about that relationship. And I'm loving how you're talking about getting the car, go right. see that person because that that relationship is strengthened by you taking your time to go see them. And, and I think that it's one of those things that it, it almost feels countercultural right now because it is so easy to email and it is so easy uh, to, um, to send a text message or right. uh, reach out on social media. You have this ability to connect with people, but it creates this false sense of relationship. Right. And I think we, we feel like we're in tune with people, but there is no relationship there. And that's a really dangerous place to be because when you're in that situation, if that's the basis of your relationship, that's about how deep it is as well. So when you're looking for loyalty and you're looking for some of these other things, the challenge that you're going to run into is they're only as loyal to you as you are to them. And what you need to do is really over-invest in that relationship. And you know, that result of that conversation with that banker has led to a greater relationship because you have a bigger foundation now uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of 
they know that if 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 Johnny screws up or or, mm-hmm. or, or and which we all do, right. um, that you're going to go there, you're going to take time out of your day to make it right, right, and that carries through well beyond that. Yeah, it's really true. You know, and I, you know, the, the, the power of the handwritten note goes a long way too. with a lot of our clients. We, we will take the time to actually sit down and Evan, you've done this for me before when, when, when I spent time with you that I got a handwritten note from you and I'm telling you, I have a wall of those that I keep. And it means a lot to me that someone didn't just shoot that text over or didn't, you know, pick up the phone. Of course is always nice, but I love the handwritten notes. They mean a lot to me. I'm a, I'm a, a by love language, a, a words guy anyway. So those things mean a lot to me, but, but I think gen- in general, it's a lost art to actually hand write something and put it in the mail with a stamp on it. It really means a lot to people. Well, I learned that definitely. I actually learned that a couple years ago when I was realizing the only time I was writing stuff down was when I was signing birthday cards. And I'm like, man, my handwriting <laughs> is absolutely horrible. Like apparently I've gone back like four grades in terms of handwriting, but right. uh, you have to be intentional with it. And I'm glad you were able to read it because uh, for me, it's one of these things like I'm actually practicing. And part of it is the I think you can say the same words in an email as you could in a handwritten right. note, but like you said, it actually has that much more meaning. And again, it, it comes back to time. It's that relationship mm-hmm. stuff. And you talked about in that blog about the importance of people, right. not just on a customer standpoint, but also like the team members that you right. have and 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 creating that culture. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of building a team, but then also how your business integrity overflows, not necessarily on a customer side, but also uh, essentially having the back of your team and having that integrity on that side. Right. You know, uh, Walt Disney has a great quote that talks about, um, you can, you can build a great, you can build great things, but it takes people to make those dreams become a reality. And I love, um, that's how we feel about here. Like we're real intentional about who we hire. We make sure that people have, you know, that several fits, a charisma fit, a competency fit. Those are really important to us. And then the chemistry, you got to have, obviously you've got to have good charisma and chemistry with the people that you work around because we've had rock stars that have come through here and they were great people, but they didn't get along with others. And that's, we all, we're all team. We're, we're a team here at Hampton. We're a team of 13, 14 people. We win together, we lose together, but we do it together and we have each other's backs. There's no, there are no rock stars. And you know what? There aren't always, not every person has the best answer. It usually takes us a group of us to go through things to say, that's a good answer, but I think I maybe have a better idea. And there's a respect there that's built uh, because we've laid those common groundworks and people come to expect that it's not a, um, it just, it doesn't work as if there's one leader and everyone else. I mean, I don't, I people, I get credit for a lot of things that come out of our agency, but it's really has very little to do with me. It has a lot to do with the people that we hire. And we have a principle here. We say, do what you say you'll do at the price you said you would and the time that you said you would. When we live by these words and there are daily go-to um, again, our people know if our clients enjoy the process, it will diminish the product. If, if they don't enjoy the process, it will diminish the product that we deliver. Uh, these have to be considered. We hire people who get our mission to do work that matters. They get it, they believe in it, and they internalize it. So what it comes out in is their work, it comes out in how they communicate, it comes out in their passion as they, we meet with clients. Yeah. And all that is part of your company culture, which I think is fantastic. Company culture is one of these things. And I'm going through this journey right now of creating it and crafting it and going through all that. But at the same time, it's one thing to write it down and to say, this is our culture, Mm -hmm. but it's the other side to implement that culture and train for that culture and hire for that culture and really 
probably the most difficult ones you, you talked about. You have these rock stars in and they don't fit chemistry wise yeah. with your group. They, so they're, they're checking the other boxes, the charisma, they're, they're checking the competency mm -hmm. and they're, they're producers, but they're just bulldozing your culture. Talk a little right. bit about just some of the challenges of actually making that decision to say, you know what, maybe you're not a fit here. Yeah, we, we've had a couple of those and it becomes glaringly obvious when you have everyone else that agrees and you've got one who is out on an island, it becomes very obvious who doesn't fit culturally. And so those people typically weed themselves out. And those are difficult conversations to have. And we typically have several of them and, and offer you know opportunities for change. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, if, if uh, we're not meeting the needs of our clients and our clients aren't feeling uh, they aren't enjoying the process, then the people here have to adjust to make sure that they are. And if they are not, then they need to go be somewhere else. And so that's happened to us several times. And it's, it's uh, unfortunate, but at the end of the day, the team gets stronger when that does happen. What are some of the things you can, you do on your end to invest in your people? I know that's a big part of yeah. creating that, that teamwork, yeah. but what, what are some things that, that, that Hampton does sure. to really invest in the team? Sure. Well, we learned uh, lots of things. One thing is snacks. <laughs> our, team, <laughs> our team really loves snacks and good coffee a plug for Topeka coffee. Our, our team loves to coffee here. So that's a, that's always flow, flowing through here. Uh, but we do several things throughout our week. I mean, Mondays are our production team meetings when we all meet in the room and we have our uh, creative ops leader basically go through what, what's going on for the week and where maybe some challenges would be in the week. And so we work those out on Monday. Uh, and then as the week goes on, uh, on every Thursday at 730, we meet together as a team and actually pray over our, our, our clients, our projects, our challenges, uh, and just give God an opportunity to work in those. I mean, God doesn't work in places necessarily where you don't invite him into. So mm -hmm. we invite him into those places that are difficult for us. And we've seen tremendous victories. But during that, throughout the week, that builds teamwork. It builds camaraderie. It builds people who say, you know, by, you know, Mondays are great, sometimes kind of quiet. But by Thursdays, everyone's tired and they're you know that's when you get your biggest frustrations is you know wednesday thursday so it gives us an opportunity to recenter on, on where we are what our what our purposes are for these clients and then by friday for the last 16 years every friday we meet at a coffee shop and for it's friday at 7 30 again and we um we go through it's called for the wind friday so we call it ftw friday and we go through what the wins were for the week so everyone can go around and talk about you know this project happened or i had a great meeting or or, you know, I had this challenge, but now this is my win. So it gives everyone an opportunity to invest in those around them. And also, I mean, you get, you know, you know this, Evan, when you build a company and, and everyone gets spread out, it's very hard to to know what, what happened for the week. You don't know. It's so easy to discuss the problems day in and day out that you never stop and take a moment and say, look, I had wins this week. Uh, and, it, and it really means a lot to our team that we kind of have rhythm that way and they kind of know what to expect. You know, Monday's the day we talk about the what. Uh, Thursday is the part where we talk about, you know, how do we get back on track and I need help by you know, midweek, end of week, and then end of the week. This is what happened. These were the good things that happened. And so we end the week on an up, on an up note with coffee and, 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 and uh, good words. So that's kind of been our culture. We also, um, as a company, we're real big on our families. Um, we don't, um, you know, I have, I have several employees that we all have young, young children and and there are things that come up like, you know, school, school awards programs and baseball games and, and you name it. I mean, life is what it is. Doctor's appointments. So I got uh, one of my employees, his wife is about to have a baby. So there's doctor appointments all over the place. Go, go to those appointments, have them. Those are most important because if, if my employees aren't happy at work, they're not going to be happy at home and they take that home. Um, you know, it makes them not do as well at work. So we give them priority. And at the same time, we've set up a culture of work that is 7.30 to 4.30 during the week. So everyone's home 
and out of our office by 4.30, and then we do a half day on Friday. So four and a half, we get all of our work done earlier in the week. And we also find those earlier hours in the morning are the times that we are most productive because most people aren't working yet. So that kind of helps people uh, stay on track. And also we don't, we don't do 80 hour work weeks. There's no, there's no reason to do that. If you, if you spend your 40 and, and do it well here, there's no reason to pull those crazy hours. And we do have occasional moments where occasional weeks where there'll be an, a little bit of overtime, but it is very rare. And, uh, by and large, we have very happy families because of that, which means we have great output here at work. So it's- well, especially if you're investing in them and, and creating, like they know that uh, you put a priority on family, right? They're, they're willing to invest some of that extra time when it's called for because you've exactly. given, you've 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 uh, you've essentially like a bank account. You've made deposits in that bank account, exactly right? And so every once in a while, you can make that withdrawal, and they're more than willing to do it. And the family understands too because they see all the benefit on the other side. Sure, absolutely. And I think it's those it's those things that are the fill ins that you have to consider as a business owner. That what are the intangibles? Yes, we have. 401k and yes we have great insurance and yes we have yearly annual reviews which is i mean annual reviews are critical for people to know how they're doing um but those are all staples i mean everyone's got to have those but it's these little extras that people go home and say man i love my company because of these things and i always want to make it a a policy that i wanted people to have to break out of here and want to have to go somewhere else and, and it would be hard for them to leave versus you know what i i'm not feeling it here I don't feel appreciated and appreciation is huge for people. If I don't feel appreciated, if I don't feel prioritized at my work, I don't feel like I matter, then I'll go somewhere else where I do. And I don't ever, we never wanted anyone to feel that way when they came to our agency. Well, I want to circle back a little bit to when you're talking to the for the wins that you talk about on Fridays, because that's that, that is almost that opportunity to create that appreciation because right. they're talking about the wins and that creates a perfect opportunity for you as the leader. And especially like department heads to say, hey, good job. This is a win. They're getting that that recognition. Uh, I think, you know, who Lee Cockrell is. He has uh, the book Creating Magic, especially if you're a big Disney fan. And sure. one of the things he talks about is uh, the R's, the appreciate, recognize, encourage. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about about that is you have unlimited amounts of ability to appreciate people, to recognize people and encourage people. You never run out. And I think a lot of the times what happens is, is businesses don't take the time to recognize their employees and appreciate their employees. And a lot of times they leave companies, especially good employees, they leave not because of pay or anything else, but they leave because they don't feel like they had that opportunity to be recognized or encouraged in what they were doing. So they never really got that feedback. Like, like you said, if you're doing that annual review, uh, annual review, mm-hmm. that's once a year that you're you're giving them feedback. And I think a mm-hmm. lot of people need more uh, communication on how they're doing in their job uh, than than once a year. It's true, and I think that's 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 part of it too. I mean, I know we know about frustrations well before that annual review because we've given opportunities for that feedback either on Fridays or on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Mondays, and there's opportunities all the time for people to give feedback. And I always say that I was like, you know, my my door. I don't even have a door in my office because I, I you know, I want people to be able to feel the freedom to come in and ask whatever questions they need to, uh, and and keep that constant open communication because. Believe me, in a in the world in the creative world, there's always opportunities for offense. There's always opportunities for things not to go the way you wanted. Especially, you know, they say a lot of times creatives were black, and it's you know we're in mourning for our ideas that were that were killed, <laughs> which we kind of laugh about. And sometimes agree with, but it, it is a thing that uh, creatives can tend to be a little you know a little more emotional, and so you really have to watch out for that. You know, where where are those pain points, and how can we best address those before they become such a pain point that someone's wanting to leave your agency. 
Yeah, that's tough because uh, essentially I, I call it pooping in your cereal. Basically, sure. you uh, you created this thing, you spent all this time, you think it's good, and it's really in the in the eyes of the customer. And so, uh, if they're hearing that all the time, but they're not hearing the appreciation and recognition on the other side, I could see where that would, right. especially in, in your industry, accelerate that process to where they're very disgruntled. Oh yeah, and I, that's just. That's horrible. I mean, that's it's also you know when the owner or the, the the manager, the leader of that department is just not paying attention. You have to pay attention to those because sometimes those are subtle. Those are subtleties that you pick up on uh, that you've got to address quickly because those will they they come out in other ways. Either you know in meetings that's like what is wrong with this person? Well, someone go and ask them what's wrong with them. Don't let them keep, <laughs> don't let them keep going down this road because it's not going to be good for them. It's definitely not good for morale. Yeah. And, and, and that goes back to the family side because uh, you have good morale at work. They're feeling more fulfilled there. They're able to put back into their family. And I love how you guys make a priority on the family side. And I think part of that stems from you. I mean, I, I, sure. I see you as definitely being more uh, tuned into your family, but also balancing that work thing. And I, I think it's yeah. it's difficult because especially when you're leading a company and, and you're and you're working with the kind of clients that you do it's real easy to get so heavily focused on that 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 business side and leave the family side out so what do you think are some of the things that kind of helps you maintain that balance so that you're you're putting as much into your family as you are into your business you know um, being present you know it's easy these phones drive me crazy I told my to my son the other day I said if I could just get rid of this phone and get a flip phone I'd do it tomorrow um, <laughs> but it's become a mini laptop I mean I can you can sneak in a text or, or a, a business deal quickly on a phone where you're sitting at your son's basketball practice. And just recently I was, I was sitting in his practice or it was a game and he was in and out of the game. And, and it wasn't a, I, to me, it wasn't a major deal. And we got done with the game. We we're riding home from the car and he said, um, dad, you were on your phone a lot during my game. And it just broke my heart. It absolutely oh. broke my heart. So I had to apologize. And, and uh, I'm really sensitive because you think they're not watching. They're watching. They're always watching what you're doing. And so for me, I've had to make those adjustments uh, and, and really watch what I'm doing. And then I turn my notifications off of my phone. So, you know, anytime that phone dings, whether it's an email, or whatever, it, you know, it's the business on you're like business, business, business. And you have to just turn that off because you're, you only get one shot with your family. You, you know, they come through your house or circle through and they're either going to notice your dad was there or, you know, my mm -hmm. dad was there, dad's body was there, but his mind was somewhere else. And they, they know the difference. They really do. Maybe not early on, but as you know, I've got a 14-year-old and, and an 11-year-old, and they notice. They really notice. And so, what, where it comes back around is they're with me, and they're on their phones. And I'm, you know, I just mm -hmm. say, "Gosh, I know you want to play Fortnite every minute of the every minute that you breathe, <laughs> uh, but I want to spend time with you." And and so it's like, well, you've I've set the example of being on my phone all the time. So why can't why can't they? So it really is um, something that we really have to prioritize. Same with my wife. I mean, yesterday we took the, I've been taking a day off during the week to go spend time with her because you realize that if you don't make those deposits, let me tell you, you're talking about trouble. You're talking about big trouble yeah. coming down the road for you because resentment and all the other frustrations that come with not spending time. So we spent the day yesterday. We went and picked strawberries and we just did silly stuff all day. And at the end of the day, she gave me a big hug and a kiss and said, um, I loved my day with you yesterday. And you know, you don't realize... If you aren't filling those buckets, let me tell you, the rest of your life is not going to go as it should because those buckets are empty and those empty buckets produce really bad stuff. 
Well, I love that you did that. Uh, my wife listens to my podcast, which sometimes I have to be careful about what I say. because I'll have these really great deep conversations and I'll be like, yeah, man, I deal with the whole phone thing too. And then all of a sudden I'll get a random elbow and she's like, see, Johnny gets it. Johnny knows what's up with the cell phone thing. She's right. And yes, Megan, you're right. I, I'm on my phone a lot. The challenge that I run into is I'm not, I don't feel like I'm on my phone a lot. No, we never but, do. But it's, it's one of those things. It's, I only, if I'm only on it when they look, that's, right. that's what, uh, mm -hmm. that's what kind of controls their perception. So in my mind, I'm like, Hey, if I really want to be on my phone all the time, I could be on my phone all the time, mm -hmm. but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if my son's at practice or whatever else, yeah. he looks up for that brief second, sees me on the yeah. phone. As far yeah. as he's concerned, the whole practice I've been on my phone. And so yeah. that's, that's exactly the challenge right. with it. And you're right. I mean, my, my kids love Fortnite too. And it's just, yeah. I've, I've kind of given them permission indirectly to say, sure. you know, it, it, it's there. And so, you know, it's definitely something that I think we all deal with. So you've, you've definitely hit a nerve there and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to hear, I'm going to hear about that one a little bit, but <laughs> I appreciate you saying it because, you know, on the other side of it is we have to be intentional with our time. And you, like you said, sure. making those deposits and filling those buckets, even if you're filling those buckets with strawberries, yeah. that is something that goes so much further. And really yeah. you're in this relationship. I think as men, and I'm just, I'm yeah. speaking from a male standpoint, yeah. As men, like when you get married, you're like, okay, I've, I've accomplished this. I'm married on to the next thing. And I think we mm -hmm. forget about the relationship side right. of marriage uh, th that it continues on. And so we have to almost, it, yeah. and it sounds bad, but you have to, you have to really kind of make a goal, make a plan and, and execute that plan for it. And, you know, my wife would say, well, you shouldn't have to do that. You should just, just want to do that. And I'm like, that's not how my brain works. I have, I have to no, like, I have yeah. to be intentional with it. We have a lot of check boxes. I have a lot <laughs> of check boxes, but you know, yesterday, like you said, there, it wasn't strawberries. I was put in that bucket. It was, it was time. And it was, uh, it was marks toward time spent with, with someone who matters the most to me, which is my wife. And the same way with, with my children, when I sit at those practices, the checkbox is not just sitting there being bleacher side. The checkbox is, watching what they're doing and having a conversation about what's what happened on the court and what was in their world. Cause it, it does translate to other things about how they're doing and how their what their welfare is, well, what their well being is, but being on that phone does not contribute in that moment to their well being. Unfortunately, yeah, the little conversations lead to the big conversations. And I think that's where they that do. relationship comes. The same thing in business. I mean, if I'm in meetings, I've got to make sure that I'm giving, giving people my undivided attention because it's easy even sitting in a meeting and I've got my laptop open and I'm getting dinged with 50 other things. Or, or whatever it is, you know, clients know when you're giving them their all, you're giving them your all and you really have to focus on listening to what they're saying, taking good notes. And, and so it, it's all over the place. I mean, we could probably do a whole nother podcast just on uh, <laughs> time, attention and, and, and what's going on with uh, our phones, but it's, it's a big deal. And I've really been focusing a lot on doing that well. I want to hit on some of the other topics that you talked about. And one of them is about always being excellent in everything you do. We talked about that a little bit, but you know, quality and value are really tied to this. Uh, sure. For you, how are some of the things that you do? Um, I know you're focused on excellence and, and quality, but how do you actually create that, especially in a, in a creative world where, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it, there's not always a tangible product there. Sure. Well, it's been, you know, spending a lot of time with my employees and they know my level of excellence and, you know, wouldn't, they wouldn't be sitting at the table next to me if they weren't, if they, we didn't share the same heart for that. Um, and it's a daily battle. I mean, I'm not going to say it's easy. Uh, doing things with excellence tells your clients that you're trustworthy and we want our clients to know that we are trustworthy. 
we won't cut corners. We will go the extra mile for them to make them to be the hero in front of their customers. Um, you make the client win, then you win. And that's really our thought every day is, is how can we, how can we show up with the very, very, very best for that, for their, for their budget. And then what will make their clients and their, and really ultimately their customers say, you know, I'm voting for you. Uh, mm -hmm. You had the, you had the best product or you had the best brand or you had the best website. Um, and it's not necessarily about best. It's about right fit. Like what is the right fit for your client, for your budget and who you are and just being holding that up in the highest integrity. Uh, and then, and then just doing things well, I mean, all across every front, if it's, uh, everything from, you know, from media buys, did we buy those? Well, did we, did we give them the best deals or did we cut a corner and make a deal here? Uh, we can't be about that because that stuff will find you out. It will absolutely find you out. And when you do your client, you're fired. I mean, there's no, there is no section yeah. on that. Well, I love how you said the word fit, because I think that's one of the things that when we're thinking about excellence and we're thinking about doing things with quality, I think sometimes, especially when you're entrepreneurial minded, you just want to be all things to all people. And so you're constantly doing a lot of things and you may not do them well. And so then you can't do them with excellence. And so part of it is knowing who you are and what your strengths are right. so that you're in that position and you can say, yes, this is a fit for us. And because it's a fit, I know I can do it with excellence and also saying, no, this is not a fit for us. And I'm going to step away from this because I know I can't provide the quality mm -hmm. that I want to provide for you. Right. And we have to tell our clients that, I mean, we have a lot of clients that have, uh, that have champagne taste on punch budget. And we have to tell them that at the beginning, <laughs> we know this is what you want, uh, that your budget won't allow for that. So well, let's try this. And believe me, I started this business with just myself and another associate. And we had to think, we had to think out of the box almost all the time because we had very small clients who wanted big things. So I learned how to do things on shoestring budgets really, really well and provide quality at every price point. And that's, that's where you have to say, my name's going on this. I've got to make sure that what I deliver, if it's sitting on a, someone's desk two years from now, are they going to look at that and say, that's a piece of junk? Or are they going to say, you know what? I can tell that wasn't a high budget, but that is, that was done well, even, even at that price point. So that's something you, you just get really good at over time. And then, you know, the, the opposite, opposite side of that is very true too. If you, um, if you only work with small budgets all the time, when that, when that big client does come along and you under, you under vision, that will get you in trouble too. So we have to think big budgets and small budgets and what's the right fit for that client and that budget and that price point. I love that quote, champagne taste on a punch budget. I, I may end up using that uh, in some of the things that I do. Sure. But I think it, I think, yeah, there is that balance of stretching, right? You know, right. you don't want to get comfortable and you're like, okay, we're just the small budget people. Right. You want to you push yourself beyond that. So you, there is a balance there finding that. But I think one of the things that, uh, and especially one of the last things that you talk about in that blog is being better over bigger. And I think mm -hmm. that's a, that's kind of where you're really focusing on not necessarily the quantity of the amount of jobs, but the quality of those jobs and doing those well and, and really not pushing yourself beyond your limits. And sometimes that's knowing that you're going to provide that quality is uh, allows you to charge a little bit more because you're more dedicated, you're spending more time mm -hmm. and uh, being more focused on those things. Right. And you've got to be really careful because you can definitely take a small project and blow it up uh, to 400 hours and not even know you spent it and say, oh, my goodness, we gave we gave the client way more than, you know, an A is an A, but we're doing an A with six pluses next to it. <laughs> but you've got to be really careful that you don't over deliver because we've also been, you know, we've done that before, too. But I have this quote on my wall. I loved it so much. I had it put huge in my wall in my office. It says from Truett Cathy from, of course, Chick-fil-A. If we get better, our customers will demand we get bigger. And I think that's what we've been working on in 16 years is how can we get how can we get better? 
because that's truly the way you grow. When you get better in process, you get better in quoting, you get better in how you treat your clients through note cards and through words of encouragement. Uh, we get better by, by having better employees. We get better by looking for the right fit jobs for our team at the moment. Then the customers, right fit customers, will demand that our, our agency get larger and, and require more of us. So that's something that's really key to all of our team. We're working on process of communication, of actually hearing what our clients are saying, and we, we're working on understanding before being understood. Those are things that we just, I mean, we're driving on every day at this agency because we want to do the best we can for these clients. Well, I definitely love that quote from uh, True Kathy. I've heard that one before, but I think with, especially when you kind of take that to heart with right. what you're doing, it, it, it kind of shows you the formula a little bit of how right. uh, Chick-fil-A was successful. And again, that sure. comes back to some of those clues that success leaves behind is you can see, all right, we focus on the small things and that allows us to grow. But I think on the other side of it too, that's part of that attraction process for new employees. Because now I believe, especially when you're known for a company that has integrity and does things with quality, you're going to start having the right people show up that says, hey, I'm interested in being a part of your team because you, you kind of line up with what I'm I'm trying to do. And, and sometimes sure. that culture drives itself at that point. Well, it is interesting how, uh, how every time we've had a need for, for a new employee that suddenly I get these calls, I get, it's the strangest thing that's happened with nearly every employee that we had a need, you know, we needed, a, we needed a, a, someone to help us with, uh, social media. There was a, someone waiting in the wings. Like God just has someone waiting in the wings all the time. And so we're never short on, on talent. Uh, just simply because number one, we invite God in. Who's our next employee? Who's the next person that needs to join our team? But there's always someone waiting. There's always someone out there that we know that we need. And so I've got a long list of people right now, even that I would say the next time I have a need for X, this is the person to fill in that blank and, and it works out. But they do tend to come. People, you, when you're excellent, you attract excellence. And that's what happens. That's what's happened with our employees. That we attract people of excellence who, who, who believe in what we're doing and, and have the same passion for where we're going. Well, I think if the listeners are reading between the lines a little bit, there's something that's kind of woven into this entire conversation of of, of what we're talking about here. And I think you kind of kind of hit on it there on the last point, which is God had somebody for you. And, and yeah. really that's that's talking about that dependency on on him and really having that uh, that stewardship mentality of your business and really realizing that a big part of it's not you and really trusting on him right. to to be a part of that entire process. What has yeah. that role played in, in Hampton and especially in, in your life? Yeah, you know, I um, unashamedly admit that I, I went to Oral Roberts University and I sat under a great man at Oral Roberts who was one of the greatest thinkers and innovators of our time. And one of the things he taught us was uh, to hear God's voice. And I think there's so many days running this business. I mean, I can read and I can read Seth Godin blogs till my face turns blue. I can uh, I can look, I can search online for things. I can go to friends. But at the end of the day, there's a unique answer for what's going on in your business that only God can give you. And there's been day in and day out where I just didn't know what to do. I didn't come from a long family of entrepreneurs. I didn't even necessarily see, uh, search out to have this business. Uh, but God saw that and knew that he would equip me for it. But it really does come from walking with him. I mean, it is walking with him that has been the difference in what's made this company thrive and be a success. has very little to do with me other than just obeying and doing what he told me to do. But uh, that's really kind of takes the pressure off me. And, you know, as all of us as, as business owners and business leaders, there's a lot of pressure. I mean, there's 13 employees and another, you know, between spouses and kids, it's another 30 people that are depending on, on, on really my decisions. 
So I, it, it does rely on me at the same time. I, they're following me as I follow him. And that's, that's really the success of this business. Yeah. And I think the role that trust plays in that too, especially like as you're able to uh, kind of see the growth thing, you know, you turn around and you've gone from you and a laptop and an associate to, you know, all these different, like, you know, 13, 14 employees and 30 people depending on you. And, it, and part of it is, like you said, it takes that pressure off because it allows you to realize that is, if you're listening, if you're tuned in uh, to his plan for you, uh, mm-hmm. that there's only so much you can do on your end. And if you let him handle the rest of it, it really makes that job that much easier for you uh, as a leader. It does. And thank God he doesn't give you everything all at once. (laughs) You know, know, he gives you things to step. I didn't start out with this many, this many people, depending on me, it was a few and he knew I could be faithful with a little. So it's a scriptural principle that says, you know, he'll put you over much and that's what we've watched. And so it's not stressful. I mean, the stress, the stress is different. It's definitely not the same way it was that we started, but after you watch God be faithful time and time and time again, you reflect on those things in those moments where you don't exactly know what to do. And so, you know, I had this, I had this challenge, Man, God came through for me and helped me figure this out. Uh, and it just realized, you know, it's not it's not always about you. I mean, your job is just to just to find out what He says, and that's that's what makes it makes it doable. Well, Johnny, I appreciate you taking the time to speak to our audience. I always give kind of the last word to my guests in terms of an uh, an opportunity to speak directly to the audience. So uh, we've talked about it a little bit. The audience is really geared towards that uh, person in their mid-20s who's finding themselves in a leadership role, who's realizing the success is more multifaceted than they originally thought. And so they're tuning into a podcast like this because they're trying to find some of those clues that success leaves behind. And I think you've done a good job of really expressing some of that. But I want to give you an opportunity kind of outside the structure of the questions that we have to speak directly to them. So what would you say your message is to young business leaders? Avoid stress, because I think early on I got stressed out over lots of things that I just wasn't time yet. It wasn't time for me to figure out. And I think that's the, 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 the mystery and also the magnificence of walking with God is that when you are locked arms with him day in and day out, walking through this business and getting trying to figure things out, he's, he's always beside you. He's never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. And in those days where you don't know what to do, he does know what to do. And, and you know, there's some days when you, you come to work and things are really frustrating and you know, I'll leave my job, leave my job at the end of the day. And I'm, I'm angry. I don't have that kind of job where I, I work at McDonald's, where I take the order, make the order, send the order down the line and it's all done. I'm not, I don't have that kind of visit, uh, kind of business. But there are, there are days where I get really frustrated because I didn't get to finish something or I didn't get to see the end result because some things we do take a long time. You've got to understand that God is a God of process. Like he's always speaking to you. He, he, he's more interested in the process than the journey because a lot of times when I get done with the project, it's almost a little frustrating because it's over because you yeah. enjoyed the, you, it's like climbing a mountain. You know, you don't know how far you've gone until you look back and you look down. It's like, gosh, we came a long way. It was challenging, but we're almost, you know, we're at the top. And so that's that's kind of how I feel. And I think this, that's what I would have said early on is I just don't get stressed out over your daily walk. God has you where you are because he's got you at the exact place he wants you to be. Uh, and if not, you know, it's like a, something I learned a while ago. If, you know, if, if you're off track, uh, I say, what if I miss you, God? He's like, I'll find you. You know, that, that's the <laughs> word. I'll find you. And so you can't be afraid to step out. You can't shrink back. You got to push forward and know that God is God is for you. God is absolutely for you. God will find you. I love that quote. That is, 
I think sometimes we get uh, caught up in this world of like, it, it's us alone out there doing it. And it, it kind of goes back to that, that creator thing. He created us. He he's uh, allowed us to uh, achieve the results that we have. He's not going to hang us out there to dry after uh, getting us this far. And I think sometimes it takes a while to really trust and really lean into that. And I think when you do, you get to that point, uh, get to that point where, like you said, you know that you're going to do what you need to do. And if you feel like you get too far off course, he's going to find you. He's going to bring you back. I mean, that's that whole lost sheep analogy. Sure. He's going to, he's going to leave the 99 to find the right. one right. and just, just trust in him and know that he's going to be there to take care of you. Johnny, I appreciate you. Um, yeah taking some time with us and, and, uh, and, and for your friendship and everything Absolutely. else. Thank you, Evan. I'm, I'm excited to share this podcast with, with my audience. And, and I really hope that this is something that they listen to multiple times because there's so much great information in here uh, for them to really reflect on and, and read in, in between the lines. So with that listeners choose to connect, seek development and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.